So fucking get these young whippersnappers, dude. The young whippersnappers. <laughs> I was at the the CU game, and uh, I would say half of nice the nice win, by the way. Oh, big win! I can't We're wait to break that schneid, one down. We're off the schneid, baby. Can't wait nice to break win. that one down. But uh, I, I would say half the whippersnappers uh, walk around like they're blindfolded. They're running into shit. They don't see you in front of them. And it's not because they're having a phone, like looking down at a phone. It's because they, I think they're just oblivious. You're just oh, out of the matrix and they're still in it. That's <laughs> what it is. So they can't even see you, dude. Yeah, I think that could be the case. All right. So to start the show, I do have uh, some, remember when I did, where did that saying come from? Yes. Remember when I did that game? I've got a couple more. A little a little uh, more research this time. So should we start Love with it. that? Should we start with a couple of those? Indeed. All right. Uh, the phrase, bite the bullet. Where'd the phrase bite the bullet come from? Hmm. Um, I mean, I, I'm just assuming it's from, it's some kind of like a, like a uh, doctor thing where like they have you bite down on something uh, yes. during pain. They actually uh. literally had people bite down on a bullet. It was sometime between the 18th Why and 19th bullets, century. <laughs> That's what I wondered. But it says here back in the day to distract patients since anesthesia was not a thing yet. Doctors would have them bite down on an actual bullet. I'm like, could uh, they have found something softer? Or is it so that chips just, their teeth and now... They're just hoping that the bullet explodes and they don't have to do the work. <laughs> well, back then, a bullet was just like a like a ball of lead. And then you have to like load it into a cannon with like a stick. But um, but yeah, I mean, maybe it's just a distracting thing. Like, put this bullet in your mouth. And they're like, oh my God. They'd probably have to go to the bullet eight, in my mouth. 18th century. They stop uh, thinking about the them digging the thing out of their body we've come a long way in medicine since then that's yeah, for right? sure yeah they have to Shout go to the Fauci. dentist back then <laughs> um, uh, can't hold a candle can't hold a candle <laughs> can't hold a candle um that's like well, well help me understand like like is that that same saying like you can't hold a flame to something or is like help me under give me give me that used in a sentence please uh sure uh Michigan can't hold a candle to Ohio State's offense. Yeah, see, I always thought it was can't hold a flame, but I, I'm sure it's the same thing. Um, what did you think about way, my dis, example? Dis, disrespectful, <laughs> disrespectful. Um, <laughs> I know, subtle jab. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know where that would come from. I'm trying to think of how the so, use. So this one dates about. back to the 17th century, and its meaning is related to one's incompetence. Uh, the saying came from. Uh, an apprentice who was not even skillful enough to hold a candle for his master. In short, they are worthless <laughs> as an apprentice. So the, basically, this is like when you're a kid and your dad yells at you for not holding the flashlight. <laughs> oh, yeah. Direction. Yeah, exactly. That, that's all that is. The yeah. same thing. You can't you're hold the flashlight. Apprentice. The apprentice. Did you ever watch hold The Apprentice? Right. You fired. <laughs> you fired. You fired. I like that. Yeah. Um, and then Arnold Schwarzenegger took The Apprentice over. It's a you terminated. Terminated. Uh-huh. All right. Shout uh, out Arnold, bark, the goat. Bark up the wrong tree. Barking up the wrong. Um, you're barking up the wrong tree, Will. Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing it came from like one dog that was like barking at some raccoons, and those raccoons decided to choose violence and fought back. <laughs> see, 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 I'm thinking it's a dog going after a squirrel, and there's a beehive in the tree. Uh, you guys are both on the right sort of path. It's about dogs barking up trees, but it's for hunting dogs. Well, that I was going to say hunting dogs for hunting dogs to get <laughs> fooled and actually end up barking up the actual wrong tree. And the hunter and the hunter, you know, is like, "Hey, come on!" Uh, Except back then, it just related to like dumb dogs. Now it's like a warning of something bad yeah, happening. Yeah, hey, so it's kind of changed. Tree. Yeah, it's you're kinda, not that guy, pal. All right, I'll do two more, but these are good. Uh, show your true colors. 
Uh-huh. Uh probably probably something. If you'd like to do it in a sentence, like, if you'd like it in a sentence, uh the University of Colorado with the win last weekend are finally starting to show their true colors. I like that. Yeah, you're very selective with your sentences. Yes, um yes, yes. let's also um, pump the brakes on that one. <laughs> uh I would guess that it has something to do with like um like military guys maybe in disguise. Like they're not actually maybe they're disguised in the other in the enemy's uniform, and then they show their true colors. Ooh, that's that's not a bad one, Ryan. Uh, yeah, I mean that one's tough for me. Um, okay, so I can't think Ryan, of like a situation where was, Ryan doesn't see color. So. <laughs> Will was onto something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not trying to get canceled over here. <laughs> so it's about. It was actually uh, this one is a fast mateys. This one's on the open seas. Is where this came from. Lowering, <laughs> oh, pirates. Yeah, pirate. Well, uh, so back in the day, lowering your colors uh, aboard a ship to hide your nation's flag used to be a strategic move. If you cross a country mm. and you may or may not be enemies, but in the naval battle to hoist your flag high, uh, especially after hiding it, you're finally showing your true colors. So that's Yeah, yeah, you're saying from. it with your chest. This All is right. who I really represent. And then this one this is the best one for last. Steal your thunder. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you like it in a sentence, uh, the big win over uh, CU's big win over Cal will unfortunately <laughs> steal the thunder of Alabama losing on the road to Tennessee. <laughs> no doubt about that. <laughs> yes. Um, steal your thunder. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm trying You're to. You're not going to get yeah, this one's about. so yeah. tough. Yeah. All right. So uh, this idiom, I'm, I'm reading from the article here, uh, which was Eventbrite, I think, or something like that. Okay, I got to get a. I'll, I'll quote him next week on next week's show. That's fine. Uh, this idiom <laughs> might have the funniest origin and came from the 18th century. Dramatist, which may have been like an, an old school like actor. Dramatist John Dennis, which never trust a man with two first names. Shout out. Yeah, dramatist John <laughs> Dennis, uh, Ryan's favorite. Uh, he created an idea for a thunder machine for his play, uh, Aplus and Virginia. A P P L U S. Would that be Aplus or Aplus? I don't know. I'm going to let you butcher it. Yeah. Okay. We'll do Apples in Virginia. But for his play, it didn't work. Fast forward to Macbeth. And Mm. yep. You know who made Macbeth? Old Billy Shakes. Yeah. Billy Shakes stole the literal (laughs) thunder machine idea and it worked for Macbeth. So Macbeth got the credit and he stole John Dennis's thunder machine. And so interesting. Yeah. So steal your thunder. That's funny because there's a conspiracy theory out there that uh, if we're back in the conspiracy corner, that um, that William Shakespeare was like a fraud. Have you ever heard that one? Bill was a fraud. Really? I did not like, hear that, that he one. Stole, he stole all the plays, all the playwrights. Like he found them. Someone else huh. wrote them. Like a lot of people, there's people out there that claim, and I've never done the research. I haven't Googled it. Um, so I don't know. But the, I've heard people say like William Shakespeare stole all the plays from someone and uh, and that he apparently they claim that he was like not even um, he couldn't even read and write. But I don't know if that's true. So yeah. there's probably like some like one out of our, you know, many college football listeners out there. It's like super into Shakespeare. It's like throwing shit at the wall right now. Like, that's not true. So I don't know. Again, yeah, um, all right, so I just pulled it up. It's about uh, actually people. Listen, again if they, if they listen this. to our show, they not they're not into Shakespeare. <laughs> hey, there's one. There's got to be audience. one. <laughs> uh, actually, people have been arguing this as early as 1785 uh, when James Wilmot may have coined the first uh, known anti 
Stratfordian theory. The idea that William Shakespeare, the Glover's son from Stratford on Avon, I think it's an, a place, did not actually write the play and poetry that we associate the name William Shakespeare with. So yeah, there you go. Bill didn't yeah, do it. Bill didn't Boom. do it. You learned uh, yep. you learned something new on today's show. <laughs> well, we might as well dive into uh, the world of college football. Yeah, may as well. Um, and if if I may say so myself, that Alabama Tennessee game was was very Shakespearean. <laughs> yes, Bama Tennessee, um, big one. Uh, yeah, but I mean incredible. that was not a good it, fake laugh. You should do another fake laugh for the for the audio. <laughs> that's perfect. We, it's so we funny because that's that. not your laugh. <laughs> no, not at all. But we can clip that for sure. <laughs> um, Alabama Tennessee was just incredible. I mean. Incredible game, incredible scene. Should we give it a collective um, good old Rocky Top, Rocky Top, Rocky Tennessee. Top Tennessee? All right, so I mean, what do you think the they're words. ranked? Let's let's play guess the ranking. What do you think they're ranked in the AP poll come tomorrow? Yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be top three. I think it'll be yeah. Georgia one, um, and then probably Ohio State two. Uh, I think Tennessee jumps ahead of of Michigan and Clemson. And so then it'll be it'll be Tennessee three, Michigan four, Clemson five. That'll be my guess. Wow! You, so, you, uh, you you think Alabama drops out of the top five? Yes, I do. Wow! I, I do. do not. I you think don't? they stay. I think I think they drop to six, but I think that Michigan stays ahead of them. Um, it was a close I th- loss. I mean, I mean uh, but I think it was co- a close loss. I think the committee pays more attention to stuff like the spread. You know, like the committee, the playoff committee I'm talking about, they seem to be more accurate, in my opinion, with the ratings, what they should be. So they look at more like what you should have done. So I think that actually Alabama wouldn't, would be downgraded more on a, on a grading system like the playoff committee compared to the top 25, which may say, you know, it was a close game, went to overtime. Alabama missed a kick at the end of regulation, but it wasn't close to the seven point spread, nine and a half point spread at closing, which was the expectation of that game. Yeah, I mean Condoleezza Rice is accurate. Shout out Condi. <laughs> Condi uh, does. She knows she knows her her shit. And so, yeah, I mean, look, uh, what we all knew that you know, assuming Bryce Young played, we knew Tennessee's defense had question marks, and that was quite evident. Obviously, Alabama scores forty nine points, but the big concerning thing, and this was what I said in our pregame or, or when we broke it down, was that this Alabama defense has problems. They were letting A and M run on them, you know, and, and and score points last week, and Tennessee gets out to that huge lead, and and Alabama comes all the way back and ties it up, takes the lead at one point. There was that scoop and score, and it felt like, oh, my gosh, Alabama is just going to do it to us again where the, someone is ahead, and then they, yeah. they come back and they, and they steal it all back. The line you got to be- give credit to, uh, to Tennessee to, to ultimately be able to, to get the job done. The line before the scoop and score was right around to pick them. The line yep. after the scoop and score moved to Alabama minus 11. It was such yeah. a huge jump. I couldn't believe it. And, yep. uh, you know, Tennessee... My big question coming into the game that I mentioned on on the breakdown was: Is Tennessee's coaching staff ready for this? This is Al- this is Saban and his coaching staff fully ready against Heupel and his coaching staff fully ready. I mean, I thought they were going to get out coached. I thought the penalties would have flipped. Now, I obviously you're on the road, loud atmosphere. You know, at least I didn't expect at one point 120 penalty yards to Alabama to tw- what was it to 22 or something like that for Tennessee. It wasn't even yep. close. So the team that fixed that was Tennessee. Things were different, and you know what? I'm okay losing that game. I had the bet board game. I had Alabama minus seven, and I'll go down taking. 
you know, Saban minus seven in those situations. I don't feel bad for it. And this could right. have been the first game as an indicator that maybe, as Ryan said last week, this is a completely different Bama team. And maybe they are on that second level and they're not a- as good as a lot of people thought. So this could have been the first indication. I'm not so sure but it doesn't look good that that defense couldn't make the halftime adjustments. I mean, Nick Saban's blowout moment, if you see like the, 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 all the memes and gifts of Saban going crazy, it was in the first half when they were down 24-10. It wasn't late in the third. It wasn't in the fourth quarter. There were a lot, right. of, a lot of changes that took place after that, a lot of things that the coaching staff did. So, I mean, yes, I downgrade Bama. Yes, I think Alabama's not as good as we thought, especially defensively. Both you guys were on that. Um, but... I mean, Tennessee gets upgraded, right? Like, how much is the question? And at this point in the season, like, a two, two and a half point upgrade is huge for any given team, but it may be warranted this week for Tennessee. I was very impressed. Now, what about their defense? Like, if they come up against another great defense, then then it's a concern, right? So maybe, you know... Georgia. Right, right. Uh, Yeah. Ohio State, even, maybe? You know, their defense. The the Tennessee offense is just so good. Like, Hendon Hooker was incredible. Jalen Hyatt, who only had... Six catches in the game for Tennessee, but he had 200 yards and five touchdowns on those six catches. Yeah, he he was just a a a a big big play a freak. And then for Alabama, it was pretty much all Bryce Young and Jameer Gibbs going nuts. And without them, I mean, this would have been a completely different game. But just an incredible showing from from Tennessee to to be able to continue to score and make plays. Nayland Stadium was so hyped, like seeing. The, the fireworks after and look all this, by the way, Tennessee had uh, Alabama missed a game winning field goal there at the end um, that, that potentially would, would change this whole thing. But then for Tennessee that it was only like, I think 40 seconds left to go down and, and, and get themselves into position to where they can kick that game winning field goal, which was a duck and it still went through. And then you just have the incredible scene there at Nayland Stadium. You got the fireworks. The fans rushed the field. They actually took down the goalpost, which I feel like you don't see that anymore. Nowadays, no. like, like yeah. t- uh, schools are so ready. They take them down themselves before the fans get out there to actually see the goalposts get taken down. They, they had them outside the stadium. The fans were literally carrying them out of Nayland stadium and they were down. It's like a main <laughs> I street. That. I don't know what it's called, uh, but there's a main street there in Knoxville where like all the bars are. And there was video after the game of like fans just carrying the goalposts down throughout the fucking town. They're probably yeah. in some college, you know, house's backyard, right? No, now. They threw them in the river. And they threw him in the river. And the, yeah, and the they threw him in the river. That's you, incredible. Also on that, did you guys see the video of the referees at the end of the game after the game-winning field goal? Huh. No. It was like a split second, like hands up good, and they sprinted right. like, trying uh, to get off the great. field. Get us, they were going to well, get mobbed. Not a great showing from the refs either way. I, I definitely saw a lot of Alabama fans complain about the refs, and that's funny to me, you know, first of all. But – the refs were terrible both ways. There, there were a lot of really questionable calls. That pass interference call that went against uh, Tennessee in the end zone that was just clearly the Alabama player pulled him down. You know, like there, there were a lot of, of very questionable calls in that game. And, and ultimately, you know, Tennessee comes out on top. But I don't think that – I mean, truly, if you're an Alabama fan, your, your issue is your defense. It's not the refs. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the refs didn't have any, you know, um, influence, I think, on that game. It was all – that's a, that's a tough spot to be in as a ref, too. You uh, know? I think that, I said earlier that it went to overtime, so if I did, I apologize. I know it ended in regulation. Um, but I do want to pump the brakes here because I think that what we're going to get this week on national TV from a lot of shows like this, a lot of overreaction. And I always say this, you know, forget the spread because obviously, you know, 
it wasn't even close to the to the seven we had or even the nine and a half it closed at. But the the wins and losses. Because what happens is if Alabama if their kicker makes that kick, then it's just like everyone goes, well, it's Alabama, you know, they were going to pull right. it out, you know. And so they would get all the credit in the world for being Alabama. They would get very little criticism because it was a close game. It's been found a way to win. They'd still be up there in the rankings. And so do we think that Alabama intrinsically as a football team is worse now because they have a loss on their record? Or do we think that it's the exact... The answer, I think, is it's the exact same team. People are going to overreact based on a kick going six feet to the right. So that is is why I think that people get opportunities in the betting world is because there's so much overreaction. And I just want, you know, people listening to this to... Whether they all call me an idiot or not, you know, for, for saying that Alabama's not, you know, as bad as people think or maybe, a, a, you know, defending, not downgrading them too much. I want to pump the brakes because if that kick goes in... Everyone in the world is saying, well, it was Alabama, you know, and, and that is, yeah. uh, it was born, you know, or bound to happen, and that's saving me and saving, blah, blah, blah. So let's just be careful because a kick went six feet to the right, suddenly saying, oh, Alabama, sure. not as good in the SEC, and Tennessee's number one in the country. Plus, like, you know, let's say Tennessee can can get past Georgia and they win the SEC East, they're probably going to have to rematch Alabama and Atlanta in the SEC championship game. I mean, look, I, you know, you're right. I'm not downgrading Alabama. I think I already had them a little lower than where other people had them going into this game. And that's why I was, you know, I took A&M against the spread. I took Arkansas against the spread. Uh, both of those, are, you know, uh, Arkansas, of course, didn't cover in that game. But whatever. My whole point is that Alabama has some tough games still on their schedule. They got to play Mississippi State. They're at LSU, at Ole Miss. Um, they play Austin P. Wow, that's going to be a tough one. Um, but Austin P. You know, that guy owes me money. They're probably... They're, they're probably they're probably going to win the SEC West still, and then look, they're going to have a chance to either play Georgia or Tennessee, and and so Alabama is still, of course, very alive for the playoff. One loss here against a non-divisional opponent is not going to affect that that outcome. But you know, um, even still, I think again, you're right, Tower. It just speaks more to kind of the legitimacy of Tennessee than it does, you know, downgrading um, Alabama in this yeah. spot. Great game, though. So, Lived up to the hype. So I got I got a question for you guys. Do you think that there's a possibility? I mean, I know given the talent of all these SEC teams, do you think there's a way that we see an all-SEC college football playoff? No. No way. So. Georgia, Bama, Tennessee, and Ole Miss. <laughs> I could see – I because here's, here's what I could see happen. I think you could see Georgia and Tennessee getting in. Let's say Georgia beats Tennessee at home here in a couple weeks whenever that game is, and it's a close game. And then Tennessee wins out, and then they have one loss in the record. Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC championship game. Georgia's number one. I could see ten- Tennessee with one loss sneaking in at, at number four for sure. But uh, at that point, you'd have to – I mean, I guess – Well, wouldn't they all be like 11 if, and one? Is if Bama – yeah, if Bama beats Georgia, <laughs> and, and then they're all 11 and one, at that point it would probably be Bama and and – Tennessee or Bama? I mean, no. See, now you're starting to work <laughs> it out, it, though, because there's too many. Unfortunately, there's going to be the winner of the, of the Big Ten is going to get in, and then you're yeah, probably going yeah, to see right. um, you're probably going to see Clemson get in, and so there's there's too many other factors. But you're right. I mean, they could. That's actually a legitimate. They could all end up eleven and one at the end of the year, and and uh, yeah, maybe Alabama wins the SEC championship game, but we don't really know who the best team is there in that mix. All right. But, well, uh, it was mean, a good game, though. Lived up to the hype oh, for sure. Incredible. I bet it was amazing to be there again. Just seeing all, they're all smoking the cigars after there was a picture someone took from outside the stadium. Just a a, a cloud of smoke over 
over in Nayland Stadium <laughs> uh, from everybody bringing their cigars and lighting them up. Yeah, cigars. Uh, just so cool. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was only cigar smoke. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's what they do. That's like how that's the Tennessee thing when you no, beat I get it. I, no, I, I, get I understand. It. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. I'm sure not all of it was 100% tobacco. Let's yeah. just say that. <laughs> um, we move on to, you know, I was smoking a cigar after Michigan destroyed Penn State. I can tell you that much. Hey-o. That felt good. That was a huge um, surprise to me, honestly. Uh, the Michigan well, Penn State. What's game? crazy? Yeah. What's in the first half, Michigan is dominating Penn State in every facet of the game, but Penn State basically <laughs> has two plays and they end up with 14 points and it's 14 16 at the end of the half. And I was very nervous at that point because I was saying we should be, I mean, it, through the first two quarters of the game, Penn State had like, one first down, which came on literally one play, that that one that Sean Clifford broke, which set up their touchdown. And they had that that uh, that tip drill pick six. And so I was like, fuck, Michigan is going to outplay them and lose. But thankfully that didn't happen in the second half. Michigan came out and and dominated them on the on the ground in the second half. But this one felt good because I've kind of been waiting all year to see the 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 run game that we saw towards the end of last year for Michigan. And I felt like I hadn't really seen it. And for them to go out and and, and really bully a team like Penn State, and we'll find out how how good Penn State is going forward. But I think they're a pretty good team, and for them to go out and do that and have 400, 400 yards rushing on the ground, uh, Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards had had a huge game. Uh, that was a big win for Michigan for sure. Yeah, big win. I I didn't catch the second half, which was all the good stuff. I was on the road heading to Boulder for the big Buffs win. But uh, yeah, it was uh, look the the end of the game. Looking at the stats, looking at you know the the highlights. I mean. Do we put Michigan in that category? I'm I'm so apprehensive because, and what I mean by that is like the category of Ohio State and 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 Georgia, maybe Tennessee now, <laughs> uh, Alabama. <laughs> uh, you know, I've always had them in that second tier, right there, but probably right. you know touchdown underdogs or so on a neutral to all those teams. But are they there? You know, I think it's going to be a big upgrade for for Michigan. I'd still probably say right now, based on my ratings and maybe some consensus public ones, that if if Michigan Ohio State met on a neutral, Ohio State would still be probably minus five, minus six. I don't think they'd get up to a touchdown, but they'd be substantial favorites. So I, I think right now that the line, at least when it first came out, the look ahead line was like Ohio State minus nine or something. Yeah, but so, that's that's in Ohio State, right? Yes, yeah, in Columbus. So, so you're right, neutral field. Got to got to count in the the home field. But even so, I mean, I I think that it should be shaded a little bit more towards Michigan after this. So. And and this made me feel better about the outlook for Michigan's chances against Ohio State because even though it's in Columbus and Michigan hasn't won there in like 20 fucking years, um, it reminded me like, hey, Ohio State is still going to have to prove that they can stop what they couldn't stop last year. And I don't, I even still, I know Ohio State's good. Their offense is incredible. They're going to score some points on Michigan for sure in that game. But I don't know that we're even going to see throughout the rest of the year Ohio State play a team that that is quite as physical with their run game that, that Michigan is. And so they're really not going to have much of an opportunity to prepare for a team that really has what I would consider, you know, a, an, an elite, a top five offensive line unit and is willing to just be physical and, and run it at you all game long. And that's what killed Ohio State last year. And none of the teams they've played so far, and I'm not sure any of the teams on Ohio State's schedule besides Michigan can really do that. And yeah, so yeah. Um, it, it makes makes me feel good about about their chances for sure. Um, and I do think that ultimately Michigan's going to be, you know, Michigan and Ohio State are going to be 11 or 0 going into that game, and that game is going to be huge. It's going to be huge. Huge. Um, 
Uh, Clemson takes care of Florida State on the road. Um, Florida State did mount a little bit of a fourth quarter comeback, but really it was it wasn't close for most of that game. Clemson was really in control, and um, I felt like this was a dangerous spot for them in this game, and and for them to to go on the road and get a win against a, a much improved Florida State team. You know, again the the next week's game, of course, against Syracuse, going to maybe be the biggest one on their schedule, but. Um, Clemson State certainly in the in the driver's seat in the ACC, and if and it looks like they have a good chance at running the table and going right back to the playoff. Yeah, I mean that was one of their big games that you could have seen. What I mean, it was four and a half, I think, heading into the into was it a four and a half? Did, I mean, it may have gotten up closer to yes. a touchdown, but I mean, it was, yeah, it was, it was four, close. four and a half. Yeah, so I mean, big game for Clemson. They definitely are better than I thought they were. But, I mean, Florida State, I think that we overreacted with them. I'm not sure if they're ready to be on that stage or compete there quite yet. And the roster, no, I mean, right. we, yeah, we talked about the roster it being an issue, and then suddenly they, they compete in a few games, and it's like the roster didn't get any better. It's the same thing I talked about with Alabama and the kicker missing a kick. So just because they were in a couple games didn't make them a better football team, and I think we're learning that through the season. Florida State's good, but they're not there yet. For sure. Yep. Um, Utah takes down USC. The Pac-12 outside of UCLA is dead. UCLA is their last hope yeah, yeah. If, um, for, <laughs> for the playoff. That was an incredible game. USC still covers, by the way, so so good on the Trojans and good on us for, for picking that. Uh, but even still, you know, a lot of balls on, on Kyle Whittingham to go for two at the end there with that, that with the game-tying touchdown. I love a coach that's willing to do that, especially at home. And they, you know, prove once again that that playing at Utah and Salt Lake City is just never, never a place. It's going to be an easy place to get a win. No, I can't believe they were able to look. I, I truly believe that USC's defense had made that change, was going to be able to slow down Utah. Bad matchup for them, though. And obviously, they Utah able to come back at that two point conversion. And you're right, the Pac 12 is done. They are dead. I mean, well, UCLA, if they go undefeated, maybe. Oh, that's true. That's they, true. They yeah. Sneak in. UCLA but I don't know that's going to happen. But it, I mean, I don't. That's just. <laughs> that sound it's almost funny to put them in the conversation right now of like oh yeah, yeah it is yeah it's 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 ba- <laughs> it's you know Tennessee now with that win it's Georgia you know it's just UCLA, with UCLA in I'm there. sorry like, for UCLA fans yeah. but if you think you're you're included in that mix no, then you're crazy no. well um, and and that's why I think that I think UCLA and Clemson are in very similar situations in the fact that even if they win out I think they're on the outside looking in. Interesting. The outside yeah. looking in. I wonder with Clemson just because again they have the track record of of playing a shit schedule going twelve and zero and then proving it in the playoffs. But um, and, and, I mean, and look, I was actually thinking about our uh, our bet board with the uh, final four predictions, and it's going to come down to now who gets number one: Ohio State or Georgia? Because the way we did it, you get four points for one, three points for two, two points for three, one point for four, and so if you get one and two right, and you and I have one and two flipped, you have Georgia. Two or yeah, Georgia, Georgia one. one, Ohio State yep. two. I have Ohio State one, Georgia two. So based on that, that's going to be the entire bet board for that. Uh, so that's going to be fun to to have no control of any of that going on in the end season. And <laughs> you also have one more bet board on the line that we haven't mentioned a lot on the show, but you have Ohio State to win the national championship this year. You had them by twenty twenty three winning yes, the shift. Yes, I had it in his first three years. Yes, yes. So this is the final year, and I I don't want to win that bet board. By the way, but you would win that bet board. So, but <laughs> but that you one, made it. But that one's still floating around out there. So uh, it is still floating around. Yeah, and and look, I'd take the bet board victory, but I would not be happy about it. Um, no. <laughs> before before we move on from from USC Utah, Cam Rising of course had a crazy game, but the craziest stat of all was Utah's tight end Dalton Kincaid. This dude had, he's a tight end. He had 16 catches 
234 yards and a touchdown in that game, which is an absurd stat line for a tight end. That's absurd for oh, a wide receiver. Okay, I got like it. One of the best. I got it. Kincaid puts up arcade numbers. Boom, baby. <laughs> on the fly. I yeah. mean, it's only Sunday morning, folks. Your freestyle game Wait is till Wednesday. Uh, there it's we go. true. Um, TCU takes down Oklahoma State. The, the pokes go down. Uh, TCU does not cover. They only won by three. It goes to overtime. Well, that um, was you but, talk about second half adjustments, fourth quarter adjustments. Oh, yeah. My God, that was a game. Huge difference. The coaching staff dictated everything. Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy came in with an amazing game plan at halftime. And you see this, I would say, in every single sport. That if these te- if teams can be even, like they're looked at as being similar teams, and the losing team has a lot up their sleeve they haven't shown yet. You see it in every single sport where that that team who's losing usually tends to at least come back and, and cover what is the live spread, right? And the reason yep. is there's not a lot of incentive going in at halftime to switch things up if everything's working so well. What is Oklahoma State and Mike Gunning going to say at halftime? You know, oh, okay, guys, let's do it. It's like everything was working, so you keep doing what's right. working. Keep doing T- what we're doing. TCU switches it up, and it obviously worked for them. Oklahoma State not able to do what they needed to live on the fly in the second half. And, I mean, that said to me a lot about both teams. I don't really downgrade Oklahoma State for the loss. I don't downgrade TCU for not covering. Good game. Two very good, underrated, potentially underrated teams. I think TCU's about where most people think they should be. Six and oh. Yeah. Six and oh on top of the Big 12. Same as UCLA. TCU, six and oh. Are they in the conversation? Are they in the conversation? And and, uh, and all that in... um, and what's his name's first year? Why am I blanking on TCU's head coach name? Uh, Sonny Dykes. Out here. Sonny Dykes, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, and Max Duggan, Max Dugan, as Tyler says, um, had a great game, especially in the second Dugan. half. Max Dugan. And, um, I mean, just a, a, an incredible comeback for them. And, yeah, tough one for for Oklahoma State for sure. Um, but, I mean, the Big 12 is very much up in the air. This this next, uh, you know, week week eight is going to have some some big games for uh, for you know, for the Big 12 and, and the ultimate standings. You may think this is uh, silly, Will, but I think it's legitimate. Right now, the Big 12 has an argument and might be the second best conference behind the SEC. I know it's been the Big 10 for a long time, and the Big 10's probably top heavier uh, with the great teams, but like through and through, the Big 12... And I'm just, well, we just, talked about that a couple weeks ago. I said I, they're by far the deepest conference. It's not even close. Yeah. I mean, what the, the worst team in the Big 12 right now is like maybe Oklahoma, which is insane. <laughs> right. Like no, that's, it is. That's yeah. how crazy it is. The Big Twelve is is so deep and loaded. But it's not, but it's not good. teams like forty to sixty. There's a lot of teams that are like ranked like eighth to thirty five, right? For in, sure. In that range. Oh yeah. 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 So, and so, you're right. They don't have the top heavy. They don't have like the the clear playoff like heavy hitter. But like, imagine how good if they did. Like, if Oklahoma was what we everyone kind of expected Oklahoma to be in the preseason, and the rest of the conference was this good. That would, that would boost them up, but, and you may not like hearing this as a Michigan fan, but think about this. What if Michigan had the same schedule as some of these Big 12 teams, or Ohio State even had the same schedule, or For sure. Georgia or Alabama? That For sure, man. Because, I mean, you look at Georgia and Alabama's schedule, I mean, I was even looking at Tennessee's. They got, uh, what, like, like UT... Uh, Martin or something like that next week at home. Great scheduling gap between that yeah. and last week in Kentucky. But Shout even out the so, Knights. The SEC's got some I down teams this year. <laughs> the SEC has some down teams this year. And, and maybe, it, you know, I'm going out a little bit with, with some of the SEC teams because Alabama and Georgia probably strength of schedule overall. It, it does, 
get up there in in terms of difficulty. Yeah, but Alabama struggled against Texas. Like that's like true again, and that's just one game. But still, but that's my that that's the point here is if they have to go through that grinder. I mean, I was looking at Oklahoma State and I was like, could this be a look ahead? Because they, I mean, they have like four games in a row where it's top twenty teams. So so it's it's yeah. uh, I hope that a Big Twelve team makes the playoff. And like again, this is definitely a perfect example for why like the 12 team playoff is going to be better because there's going to be years like this where one conference is just deeper and they're 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 i mean look if you put tcu or oklahoma state or kansas state or whatever some of these top big 12 teams in the pac-12 there's a good chance they're going undefeated yeah and that's not just a rag on the pac-12 but that's how good some of these big 12 teams are they're really deep and so you're right and and oklahoma state's not out of it either i mean one loss on the record in a close one in overtime on the road, you know, uh, that's, that's not going to kill them if they can, you know, kind of uh, get redemption and win out. So redemption, um, big game. Um, me. Syracuse takes down NC state at home and Syracuse is six and zero on top of the tied for, for the lead in the ACC and they play Clemson next week. Right, so let's do this. Let's do this game. Uh, incredible. Uh, Syracuse, UCLA, TCU. They're all six and zero. who finishes ranked higher. That's a good one, right? Syracuse, UCLA. Yeah, Syracuse, TCU, UCLA. UCLA probably has the easiest schedule going forward. But here's the thing. I, I Syracuse, I believe they play – let me look. I believe they play at Clemson, which is the, the tricky part. Um, yeah, they're at Clemson. Ooh, the, if Syracuse that's the wins that game – That's the real Orange Bowl, Syracuse-Clemson this year. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. If Syracuse wins that game, then Syracuse will, win, will end up ranked higher. Okay. But – UCLA probably has the easiest road ahead. It's really just like got to get through USC and Colorado. Um, oh no, they already played. Yeah, they already played too. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we already uh, we, we already took that Damn L there, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting one though because all three of those teams are kind of. Uh, I think TCU right? might be the best out of that out of that bunch, but um, that's a good I bar. Mean, Syracuse looks this legit. This, Syrac- this week, Syracuse is your, good. Uh, yeah, Syracuse is legit. The, the dome. How much is the, the dome, dome worth? I know. Yep. Uh, but that's Spinny a good uh, conversation when you're out. Yeah. Or, or, uh, <laughs> Thank that, you for explaining that to me. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's some water cooler I'm talk, as they say. Man. Right? The, 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 the water cooler. That's what you say That's at what work. they're saying around the water cooler. Yep. That's, a, that's a good one, though. Like when you're at work or at the bar, you bring that conversation up. Which, which six About team, how much how much dome costs? How much does dome cost? And <laughs> which city are you in? Like, does. Does state taxes have to do with with that? Oh you know? well, I mean that's that the market, of course, uh, fluctuates <laughs> across the country. Tyler, um, uh, Kentucky takes down Mississippi State at home. Another bet board game. Uh, I came out on top with that one, although that was one I didn't feel super confident about. But um, Kentucky's defense just really shut down Mississippi State's offense. Will Rogers what, didn't what have the a good game. That? Okay, so I said earlier, I'm fine with you know going down with Bama. I don't like going down with Leach when it's a clear situation. He's getting coached on defense, and I didn't see that coming. I didn't even see no. coming. Um, last I thought, year, I like, thought it would be more closer, like 27-27, but I just didn't like that. That that uh, you know, I thought it'd be a close game, but I didn't like that Mississippi State was favored by so much. I did not expect you know Kentucky to completely outcoach Mississippi State. But again, what I said in the pregame is like, we know this Mississippi State team. It's going to happen, you know, at least twice a year. We're like. The, the air raid system works amazing against one team and it works like shit against another. And it does have something to do with X's and O's. It's way over my head, but that's why I don't like betting on Mississippi state because it, like, they're just kind of a, a bipolar team when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yes, they are. Uh, and I got them in a bad week. 
And and but what I was saying is, I mean, Kentucky struggled with that before. So obviously, yep. whatever they're doing or whatever they changed worked. And uh, Will's yeah, now got Will the eight, Will's now got the eight five and one lead. I I mean I, I'm padding I'm padding my lead while you I are. can. Yep. Um, at some point the the dam is gonna break, but I gotta <laughs> I, I gotta build I gotta build up my my stocks while I can now. And I so actually, I was thinking about what we said last three week game lead with, I'll uh, take with the with the magic number going into playoffs or the uh, bowl bowl season, and it is higher than we thought. And the reason is, it's because mathematically it's a zero sum game, right? So for each win I have, you also have a loss. So if it were like. If I had a three-game lead and we each had independent records, that'd be one thing to overcome. Right. But if I go on a three and a run, that means you also would go concurrently zero and three. So it's it's easier to make games up doing the bet board system than we had given credit for before. So as long as it is within, I'd say four. Also, you, by that argument, it's just as easy for me to extend my lead time. One hundred percent. It's it goes both ways. If right? I mean, if we're gonna talk game theory. Yes, yes. And by, you know what's so funny <laughs> is how many people bring up game theory. Like I heard Stephen A. Smith bring up game theory on oh, yeah. whatever show he's on last week when they're talking about like field goals at the end of a game. And it's like it's so game theory is no, I so bet, I bet Stephen I bet Stephen A is reading a lot about Dude, game theory. <laughs> game theory? <laughs> like you could you could take a whole semester's worth of classes at game theory. Like game theory is so nuanced and so deep and, and it, it, it's not like one thing that's like saying math for math. And it's like, well there's different parts of it. Like game theory is so there's branches of it, there's different ideas. So when people are like, you know, game theory says you should kick a field goal here. It's like, what? Like there's not. However. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I just thought that, that that's a little trigger word for me. Not, not a bad Stephen A. The whole game. However. <laughs> hey. However. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So so anyway, that's that's my whole little rant with with game theory. But um, but, but Kentucky that, man. Uh, yeah. Kentucky, Kentucky. Kentucky just continues to to outperform. Um, and, and with a healthy Will Levis, you know they they basically be. Be six and one. I'm gonna start calling four. him uh, Will Levi's. Will Levi's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the guy eats his banana with a peel and he puts mayo <laughs> in his coffee. He's a certified psychopath. Mm, um, I don't like mayo. I, I I couldn't do that. Not a big mayo. I thing. like it on a sandwich, but certainly not in my fucking coffee. No. Um, Sometimes I go so, like light mayo on a sandwich. That's it, though. Um, the the thrill is gone for for Kansas, and I'm sorry for all my rock chalk fans out there. They lose at Oklahoma. Kansas turns back into a pumpkin at midnight. And I, they're still a really good team. I don't think they're nice. just going to technically they're still one away from yeah, football eligibility. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, and I think they're going to get there. I think Kansas has more wins left in them. But the whole the ride of them being ranked in the top 25 and everyone being all about it is officially dead, I think. Yeah. And that, that can I tell you sad. why I'm happy, though, that they lost? Because why? my Knights uh, of the Square Table three team parlay, Colorado yep. won. And USC lost on a two-point conversion. So you know what happened if Kansas did win that game? Is I would have gone into the USC game for a 51 bet. Losing your fucking mind. Losing my bet. Being ready for USC. And then USC loses on a two-point conversion. And if I would have lost that bet on a two-point conversion, I would have been so pissed. So the fact that it lost earlier and I didn't have to go through that, I was actually happy that Kansas ended up uh, losing. Well, so, I actually think selfishly. that, that Ka- Sorry, Jay Kansas fans, Kansas fans should, this should be a positive that they lose to Oklahoma because it brings them back a little bit to reality. And now maybe not every single big program that's looking for a coach is going to back up the Brinks truck to Lance Leipold's door. 
You know what I mean? Right. Ha- having a few losses, but but showing his showcasing his skills might make it a little easier to keep him there in Lawrence. And so, if he does um, start sucking, though, I've got a good headline for South Park fans: Lance okay. Leipold turns into Lance Leopold Stotch. <laughs> butters, butters, butters. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that butters. Butters make a great college football coach. Um, <laughs> Texas survives a scare against Iowa State. Uh, probably should not have won this game. Z- Xavier Hutchinson drops a wide open game winning touchdown pass at the end there. Um, and you know, Texas, uh, keeps going. Finally, Quinn Ewers looks like a freshman. He looks like a guy who's not just unstoppable, Bring but in Manning. Ultimate, it's Manning time. Ultim- it's Manning time. Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, whatever you win and you move on if you're Texas, um, and, and their, their hopes at, at, you know, winning the big 12 are still very much alive, but that one was concerning where it's like, Hey, finally, our offense didn't look like it was just like unstoppable. And uh, that would have been so Iowa state to take down Texas there in that upset, you know, spot where no one saw it coming. I think they were like 22 point favorites. Yeah. I mean, Matt Campbell being Matt Campbell up one week down the other. Can't get the win though. <laughs> Classic. Hey, you call them elite. Uh, we got to flip it. It's out there. <laughs> yep, it's out got there. It. <laughs> um, Illinois beats Minnesota. And now Illinois Minnesota. is six and one. They're bowl eligible and they're leading the Big Ten West. Oh. And honestly, I think Illinois might be might end up going to the Big Ten championship game this year, legitimately. Yeah, I mean, Bielema's for real. Bielema. What happened to Minnesota? Minnesota, they suck now. They blew it. They're they're just kind of uh, too up and down. You know what I mean? Like uh, they're not consistent. They're not. I don't know. There's something I mean, through like week even five. I feel like they were. Right. You know, at least top twenty. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, in my opinion, they were they were four and zero and ranked. Right, but they had their then, their wins were questionable. They did beat the Buffs when CU was yeah. bad. They've had uh, wins against Western Illinois, New Mexico State, Michigan State, which on you know in hindsight doesn't look like the win it was before. And then they get right, beat yeah. by ten by Purdue. So you know, it's funny at the end of the year. We look back, and a lot of this makes sense because we have everything to go off of. But when the right. magnifying glass is on the on the year and or on the season, it's just like a week by week. It's so funny these roller coasters that we all go on. I mean, we had not a person in the country, whether they're square, sharp, a host, a, a casual fan, thought that Minnesota was like an average team a few weeks ago. And now everyone, now it's it's commonplace. Everyone's like, of course they're average. It's just it, you know, yeah. so it's just it's funny how all that happens so fast. Row the boat. Um... Yeah, LSU, right. they need a goddamn LSU. motor on that thing. <laughs> They're rowing the canoe. Yeah. <laughs> Up Shits Creek. LSU, <laughs> uh, LSU goes into Florida and gets the win. Yes, they do. Hey, uh, impressive uh, win. I've got a couple Florida. minutes left, Will. I've got a couple minutes till I got a skedaddle. Just a little. Yeah, this we'll, we'll wrap it up with this one. Just right, a big cool. win, and the fact that LSU is five and two. Um, this is a really positive sign for Brian Kelly. They score forty-five points on Florida. Things are looking up for LSU, and I'm telling you. Two years from now, they are going to be an absolute monster if things keep going, you know, on this trajectory for LSU. You think the reporters are showing up on time? Uh, yeah, I think. I, I have so. nothing I, I mean, to question. See, that's my first one: is if the reporters are showing up on time, right? We will if you win. Okay, well he's winning. Um, so question number two: Is Brian Kelly going to do the recruiting three sixty videos in the off season that he made famous? Because it seems to be working now. He's five and two, right? If you lose, that's a bad look. If you're winning, it's it's yeah. kind of cool, right? When he holds up the L, it's not great for when they lose because <laughs> yeah. everyone posts it. Everyone right. posts it like, right. oh, you just lost. You took an L. But uh, I mean, whatever they're doing is working. And if they if they start to recruit at a high level, which I think they will, 
Like it's it's going to be dangerous because I don't even think that that uh, that Jalen Daniel or Jaden Daniels. I keep doing this. I can never get it right. <laughs> it's Jaden Jaden at LSU. Jayden, yeah. I I don't even think that Jaden Daniels is that good of a quarterback. And if LSU gets gets a good quarterback and gets a better defense, like it's going to be it's going to be. Um, Things are looking up in Baton Rouge. Let's just say that. It's going to be lights out. It's going to be electric. It's going to be on electric. the hizzy. I like coming up with that's words when you can't. On the hizzy. Yeah. You definitely came up with that. Okay. So, um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a 90s one. Yeah, no. Uh, I don't have any other notes on any other games, but just an incredible What about weekend. Colorado? We didn't even mention the CU Buffs. We have to it's mention the CU It's been mentioned like eight times, actually. No, so. I, think, I think we first mentioned it when we were recording. And we may have not been uh, recording yeah, it. Exactly. No more, no more winless teams in the FBS. So that's a big deal. Wait, CSU also won. Yes, CSU oh, won. Damn it, they See, won I wanted last week. CSU. So, yeah, CSU oh. won last week or the week before. Um, yeah, I don't pay attention to those so. Rams. But no, the Buffs off the snide. Let's big go. win, big win for the big Buffs. Win. Interim head coach. Yeah, I, uh, the story. We're uh, no longer suicidal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, I will say they're looking up in Boulder. I will say this though. I did not storm the field for one reason. I was happy. Wait, the they student- stormed the field. They stormed the field. They did. <laughs> you know what's yeah, funny, dude? We were zero and five. Uh, yeah, you know what's funny, yeah, but you can't do that. A quick little yes, plug. You can. A quick little plug. But anybody I, who says otherwise, team, it's can like kick two rocks, three. Dude. Ryan and I do another podcast called Buffs Nation. All right, uh, it's the Buffs Nation podcast. Check it out if you like the CU Buffs. And on that show last week, Will, I called for the the field storming. I said we're beating Cal because we do our picks every week, and we're honest. Like We don't pick the Buffs every week. And I called. I right. said the Buffs are winning, and they're storming the field. Right? And, and, and uh, so I actually Just called like last Tennessee week. Just like Tennessee beating Alabama. Yes, exactly. The same thing. No, I was <laughs> so into it. But that's what I'm saying is, is I didn't storm the field. Personally, I'm glad the students did, and I'm glad some other people did because it was awesome. Yeah. Right? A releasing of a little bit of energy there. But I didn't because the last time I stormed the field – CU took down number one Oklahoma. Like that's my barrier. That's my parameter for storming yeah, the field. Big that's, wins. That's what it should be. Exactly. So I couldn't do it myself, right? I, I didn't feel great storming the field. I couldn't put it on my storming. Are you sure the field it wasn't wrestling. about your knee? Oh, so that's the other thing. Quickly for the audience, <laughs> I hurt my knee, and I hurt my knee. This is uh, getting up the. You know, I'm obviously an old man. I hurt it standing up too quickly. It was on an interception <laughs> that was actually called it back happens. from a goddamn flag. And so the interception didn't even happen. And, and it, it was it was uh, like a slight overthrow. CU's defender made this amazing catch diving. Uh, and, you know, got his feet in out of bounds. And I stood up to cheer and immediately I could feel it. And it still hurts this morning. I'm going to have to stretch it out. It's popping a little bit. It's the thing. It's whatever connects your... the best of us. It's whatever connects your knee cap to like your quad. Whatever that is, that's where the injury is. And it, it hurts mostly. Tendon. Well, there you go. I'm, I'm patella out. I think it's out. your knee bone. I'm patella out. And the will, I, I do. So that's <laughs> my idea. <laughs> I'm definitely on the injured list. I don't know if I'm going to be able to, you know, I, I need to rest it. Rest it nice. Will, you're also on the IR. How you feeling? You said you weren't feeling great a couple days ago. Are you going to be able to be in studio for Wednesday's show? I don't know. We're going to have to play it by ear. There's okay. a chance I have the flu. Uh, As most but, episodes, we've arrived in old man corner. I, yes. I, I mean, just go. an incredible week again in college football. And, and uh, next week's games, we have some really big ones, and I'm excited about those. And, of course, we're going to be breaking those down on Wednesday. So uh, thank, thanks, as always, for listening. Everyone follow us on social media, uh, at Twitter, at CFB underscore pod. Uh, and then on Instagram, we post our picks there as well. Uh, College Football Tailgate is the handle on Instagram. So thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll see you Wednesday.